Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellows. I am hosting today, filling in for our beloved host, Lucas Council. I am Cameron Lawrence, and I am joined by my esteemed colleague, the one, the only, the draft guru, Mr. Tyler Plath. Tyler, how are you doing today? Well, first off, thank you for the kind words that, that warmed, warmed my heart a little bit. Um, you did forget to mention the Maverick wannabe. I don't oh. know. This, I mean, this past weekend, I did pull out the aviators and had a nice little uh, facial hair kind of going on. But uh, you know what? I, I'm doing I'm doing good. I'm ready to talk football. And um, I'm just going to say it. The weather sucks. The weather sucks. Something we can all agree on. It's it's a reoccurring segment on the podcast to at least mention the weather once. So I took to. it upon myself. I took it upon myself to bring it up that Minnesota is currently in the worst week because it's like mid eighties, humid, stale air. It's it's just not fun. No. Yeah, and I mean, I would have forgotten. It's been a while since I've been, especially in a hosting chair. Last time we had Max on, so I was, it's kind of a weird episode. So See, I would have definitely forgotten to reference the weather. So I'm glad that you did this time. Um, as before mentioned, we're missing Lucas. Um, Lucas is actually transitioning to fantasy baseball. So he's at, at the Twins game right now, scouting them out. Um, he says he really likes Carlos Correa um, for MVP. Um, his word is not mine. Um but we'll take we'll take him for his word. Um, <laughs> Go bombard his comments yes. if you disagree on his fantasy baseball takes. A hundred percent. No, he's <laughs> him and his wife got cheap tickets, so they are watching the game tonight. And he left it up to me and Tyler to really correct the ship on just this downtrending podcast that him and Tyler have been running. So um, you get to throw shots at me. Fault. I get to give them back. <laughs> well, and he's hosting it. So I'm going to, I'm going to point to him first. There you go. Me. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, this week we are jumping right in. We're going to be talking about some AFC East on this episode. We'll have a little hot take tie. We don't have many much news and notes today, but we will throw in a little bit of mailbag questions at the end, some rapid fire um, who do you got kind of stuff. So should be a fun little episode we got going on here. Um, yes, sir. Yes, Ty, sir. the really only two things in news and notes this week. First is a blockbuster trade of Nikhil Harry going to the Chicago Bears. Mind-blowing stuff going on over there in Chicago. They are really putting together a great roster. Ty, what does this mean for fantasy football? Do I have to answer this one? You have to. The people <laughs> want to know. So maybe, maybe in their chairs right now, <laughs> holding on for excitement. Here's here. Maybe we, the explanation just needs to be the trade details themselves. Okay. New England is getting a seventh rounder oh my God. in 2024. So not even next year's, but the year after that. That seventh round pick is what New England is getting back. So if that doesn't scream to you like Nikhil Harry should be your first wide receiver off the board, I don't know what you're what what you're doing at this point. I mean, common Bill Belichick W right there. So right, turn See? a first rounder and whatever twenty seventeen into a seventh rounder and whatever you said twenty twenty six. It's just nuts. Like this man knows what he's doing. 
Um, but yeah, there there is zero significance. Um, if you can't tell that was sarcasm. I try my best. I try my best to be as sarcastic as possible. You, you so. got to go back to school if you didn't know that was sarcasm. Um, <laughs> our other news might be a little interesting. The Seattle Seahawks have been doing their homework on Jimmy Garoppolo. Ty, does this mean anything to you? I think it means something different than what I think people want us to say. Because I think people will want us to say or want us to think, oh, Seattle's in on Jimmy G. I'm pumping the brakes on that a little bit. I think this means more that Seattle is just looking at other quarterbacks than it is specifically Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know what to think at all anymore because I've heard like seven reports that they are ready to ride with Geno Smith and Drew yes. Locke. I mean, Pete Carroll said Drew Locke would be the best quarterback in this draft class. Uh, I mean, it's just like some ridiculous stuff. So. I'm going to wait until something actually happens before well, I believe and, anything. And I don't think it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, if Seattle adds a quarterback, I really don't think it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo because Seattle or San Francisco would know that Jimmy would start immediately in Seattle. You're not going to trade that to a divisional rival unless you can really squeeze Seattle for draft picks and stuff. But still, like, I don't see a world where San Francisco says, Oh yeah, Seattle, like just up the coast from us. Yeah, you can you can have our starting quarterback. Yes, for sure. Interdivisional trades are tough, especially when you're giving another team a starting quarterback. Um, but yeah, so let's jump into the moment the people have been waiting for. It's been a little while, and they've been clamoring for this segment. We don't want them to wait any longer. So let's give it up for hot take tie. AFC East edition. So that includes the Buffalo Bills. That includes the New York Jets, the Miami Dolphins, and the New England Patriots. We're going to be looking at the uh, the wonderful, wonderful football team that is the Buffalo Bills because I refuse to give any kind of credit to any of the three other teams because they are we'll, – we'll, we'll talk about them later – But we're going to look at wide receiver Gabe Davis from the Buffalo Bills. And Gabe Davis has already been quite the topic of conversation so far in the offseason for upcoming fantasy drafts and stuff. With best ball leagues, uh, having Gabe Davis go ahead of guys like DK Metcalf in drafts. Like, can you you believe that? No. (laughs) See, that that gets people really, really scared. Mm-hmm. But then you 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 hear other people say like, "Well, why is no one paying attention to Gabe Davis?" So I'm coming here to tell you, listeners, to to you viewers, what to think of Gabe Davis this year, and that is Gabe Davis is going to be a top 24 wide receiver in fantasy football this year. Spicy, oh yeah, very hot. Oh yeah. And you know what? That's what that that's why we have hot take tie. It's because it's for hot takes only. And Gabe Davis as a top 24 wide receiver is absolutely a hot take. For sure. And we were we were comparing our stats earlier and the difference between us on Gabe Davis is four touchdowns. And Ty expects high touchdown output from Gabe Davis. 
I expect decent, but not quite as high. Um, and so, you know, let's just transition in the Buffalo Bills. We can just talk about Gabe Davis right now. Oh, beautiful. Um, Gabe Davis is a guy that we have all over our board. Tyler's at wide receiver 23, Lucas at wide receiver 34, and I'm at wide receiver 42. Now, the difference really is those four touchdowns for us because he would be my wide receiver 26 if I gave him double-digit touchdowns like Ty did. There is no reason to expect he can't do it. Dawson Knox did on nine, had nine touchdowns last year on, like, what, 45 receptions or something crazy like that? Yeah, and so. And so Gabe Davis could definitely do that. We saw that um, Josh Allen trusts him in the red zone at the end of last year in that playoff game, in the last couple of games of the season. So there's no reason that he can't do it. Um, but I think my hesitation is just we haven't seen him fully break out yet. But if there's any year to do it, this would be the year. And I think that's kind of what you're predicting. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm trusting the skill level and the development up to this point when because there's one specific clip, and I know you can't base everything off of one specific play. But it is this playoff game against the Chiefs, and they are either in the red zone or just outside of the red zone. Final two minutes of the game, and Gabe Davis absolutely obliterates Mike Hughes on the outside with an <laughs> in-and-out move, right? Like, Look, I know Mike Hughes isn't anything special. Okay. I know I, I'm a Vikings fan. He mm-hmm. was a Viking. He's not anything special. But I don't think people realize how difficult it is to be that shifty, that fast, to send a defender three yards in front of them and leave them to eat the dust. Yeah. And he's that a bigger takes, guy, too. He's a bigger guy. So that takes talent and that takes some real, real athleticism that i don't really see in some of the other guys that i have behind him for sure yeah i i do agree i think i think he could be a special player i just don't know if it happens this year i'm just not as optimistic and that's what it comes down to the next player on the buffalo bills we're going to talk about is back to back qb1 josh allen we have him across the board at quarterback once we're not going to discuss how good we think he is because everybody knows but one thing that we've been kind of seeing a lot of is how early are you taking Josh Allen? We've seen sleeper. He getting up into the second round. People are saying I would take him first round. I did it last year. Won my championship. So why wouldn't I do it again? Ty, what do you have to say to these people? Uh, this, this is how you lose your drafts. You, you, I know that Josh Allen projects to be arguably the number one overall player in fantasy, just based off of point totals. Right. But quarterbacks are more guaranteed to get you points in later rounds. I I don't have an ADP chart in front of me, but I do know that guys like Tom Brady, Jalen Hurts are going at least, at least five rounds later than Josh Allen. So that gives you six other picks to build up on skill players and whatnot at running back, wide receiver, even tight, heck, even tight end, right? Mm -hmm. So you can get, you know, some – some uh, security in those positions because you know a quarterback is going to put up positive points. Yes. I couldn't agree more. And you look at taking Josh Allen compared to Matthew Stafford last year. It was a four-point difference in points per game. You look at taking, um, let's say, who's a Stefan Diggs versus an eighth-round wide receiver. We're talking, oh, we're getting into like, 
man, Darnell Mooney, mm-hmm. 11 points a game. Talking six point difference. I mean, it's like, you know, you know, you're talking about a six, seven point difference per game between wide receivers versus a three or four for quarterbacks. That's that's just what it comes down to. And there are a lot more quarterbacks you can plug in. If you get an injury, running back or wide receiver, like if you lose Dalvin Cook, the next best guy on the waiver wire is going to be like Deonta Foreman. You know, <laughs> like you're just you're just not going to find anything. Whereas quarterback, you lose him, you go, oh shoot, this sucks. I got to pick up Baker. Baker's still going to put up 16 points a game. You know, it's like. You can find guys. Kirk Cousins might be on your waiver wire for all you know. You know, it's just mm-hmm. you'll you'll can find quarterbacks a lot easier than you can replace these other guys. Bingo. Moving on, we got Stephon Diggs. I have him as wide receiver three ahead of Jamar Chase and Devontae Adams. Ooh. And you and Lucas have him as wide receiver four. Now, the reason I have him so high is because like we said, Josh Allen is the QB one back-to-back years. Josh Allen is a guaranteed 35 passing touchdowns a season. And Stefan Diggs just got the bag. They are going to continue to give him the ball at all costs. He is a guaranteed 160, 170 targets a year. And I would bet on him scoring double-digit touchdowns this year. I really would. Whereas Jamar Chase, I don't think Joe Burrow continues the efficiency. And Devontae Adams doesn't have Aaron Rodgers anymore. That's the big difference. That's why I pushed him up. I'm not really expecting a huge breakout from him this year, but I am expecting him to be just show that consistency of how he can maintain and how assist situation is maintaining year to year. Um, do you have anything else to add on Stefan Diggs? He's a volume guy, but I think the most intriguing thing about him this year is that Diggs was a top three finish in red zone targets last year. And sure, the touchdown production wasn't there this year, but that doesn't mean he didn't get the opportunity. Mm-hmm. He has opportunity going into this year, even with Gabe Davis, you know, for me projected to get double digit touchdowns, Diggs can easily get double digit touchdowns as well. Diggs has to be a top five lock in, yes. in fantasy this year. He might be one of the safest outside of Cooper cup and Justin Jefferson, you know, in that next tier, um, just because Devontae, like I said, Devontae's new situation. Jamar was just so boomer bust. It's not to say he's going to finish at three, but he probably is the safest out of those next three. As we move on, we got the running backs. Um, Buffalo running backs have been a headache for the last couple of years and don't really know if that's going to change. We all have Devin Singletary right around the same spot. Me and Lucas at RB33. You at RB35. Um, Lucas has Cook at RB36. I am at RB34, and you have him all the way down at running back 45. Ty, why are we so down? on Buffalo running backs this season? The simplest answer is that this offense just goes through Josh Allen. It really does. I mean, you you need some sort of run game for defenses to respect. Mm-hmm. But I think I think what we're what we're trying to say about these Buffalo running backs is that they really shouldn't be your running back to or like a safe running back three to have. Like if you're going to grab the, you know, either one of these guys as your running back three, you probably need to double dip a running back again with another draft pick because there's relatively no ceiling. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's hard to predict the ceiling with these guys, but you know the floor with these guys. 100%. And, I mean, Josh Allen had six hundred or 700 yards rushing and seven touchdowns last year. He might not have the yards, but he's still going to have the touchdowns. Josh Allen is mm-hmm. huge. 
Josh Allen's going to score rushing touchdowns. So that just dips in. And then you got these two guys who are going to be cutting into each other's receiving work, rushing work. Like you said, there just really isn't a ceiling there. And the last guy we're going to talk about is Dawson Knox. Um, Knox is a guy who you were really high on last season. Um, <laughs> and I am actually very low on right now. Uh, Luke says I'm a tight end 12. You have a tight end 13 and I am a tight end 19. And I think our real concern is just he was crazy efficient with t- touchdowns last year. Like we said, he had, I think you're right, 54 catches and nine touchdowns. That's an insane rate. That's something that probably will not be maintained this season. Maybe he steps into a bigger role. However, it just doesn't seem likely that he's going to explode onto the scene. My tight end 19 ranking is more of there are like nine guys within 10 points of each other. And he just happened to, you know, the way it fizzled out to be a little bit lower. So he's not very far off your tight end 12. But I, there have been a lot of people arguing uh, that he, he should be top 10. And Lucas kind of put it best. After tight end nine, it's a crapshoot. It's a crap You know, shoot. you're kind of just picking preference at that point. And so I don't know. I don't know if you have anything to add on that. But it's like we're not going to debate nine through 20 on tight ends. I think the I think the only thing worth explaining is that the odds of him having more touchdowns than last year is very, very slim. Yeah. So if if it's not going to be touchdowns that puts him into the top ten, it's going to be volume. And he's not going he's I don't see him being a volume tight end, right? So in it right, in the words of Lucas, it's a crapshoot after mm-hmm. you could argue TJ Hawkinson after Dallas Goddard, after Zach Ertz or whoever, right? That that's just how you have to look at Dawson Knox. Hundred percent. Well, now we transition to the Miami Dolphins, and this was the team that I saved for last when we were studying out this year because I didn't want to touch it. Um, same, added Tyree Kill, Raheem Moore, Mostert, Sony Michelle, Chase Edmonds. They already have Jalen Waddle. Who was the coach? Mike ben- McDaniel comes in to call plays from San Francisco. Ty, what are you expecting from this team? Oh man, I'm expecting a lot of growing pains with this team. Mm-hmm. I know that Tyreek is an elite weapon to have. I also know that Jalen Waddle had himself a fairly good season last year. So there's a sophomore leap incoming, we assume. Um, but we have no idea because it seems like any uh, any coordinator that has come from a Kyle Shanahan offense is always tweaking something here or there with their own team. Mm-hmm. I think McDaniel does that, and I don't know how he's going to do that. So maybe my projections are a little too low because what I'm trying to communicate is there's no sure thing with this Miami team this year. There really isn't. Like Tyreek, Tyreek for years has been a, a, a relatively sure thing in Kansas City. I can't even say he's a sure thing this year because of Tua and the system now. No, 100%. Lucas has him as wide receiver seven. So Lucas still in on him. You're at wide receiver 10. I'm at wide receiver 12. And really what it comes down to for me is I'm scared to draft him there because he's going to have some great weeks. There's, it doesn't matter the team. Tyreek Hill will have weeks where he scores 35 points because he's so explosive. But that variance I think is going to be so much greater this year. He's going to get there with 35 and then three and then 30 and then 11. You know, it's just going to be like, He's going to win you a week and then lose you the next week. And we saw that kind of last year a little bit more too. But now you have you go from Patrick Mahomes to Tua Tagovailoa. 
You know, it's very different. The deep ball is going to be different, but we all still predict him, predict him to produce. Like he's he's too good not to produce. He's too fast not to produce. And Mike McDaniel is going to use him in some interesting ways around the field. I think he'll use Waddle similar. But if you took Tyreek as your wide receiver one, how are you feeling going into that third round? So you because you probably get him second round. How are you feeling going into round three? I I have to look at like a Mike Evans or a Keenan Allen in that third round because those two receivers are going to give me a floor that Tyreek just doesn't really have. And and maybe the best way to describe what kind of season we're anticipating for Tyreek is a very is a um is a Tyler Lockett type season, right? Where mm-hmm. right he'll win you a week, but then he'll lose you a week. And because of that, I need a, a I need a safe floor wide receiver to team, you know, team up with him. So give me a Keenan Allen, a nice 150, 1100 yards seven, eight touchdowns a, a year wide receiver, someone like that. Yeah, I do agree. Um, Luke has actually just put a TikTok out on this next wide receiver, Jalen Waddle. Luke says my wide receiver 21, you at wide receiver 25, and I have my wide receiver 22. So we definitely expect Tyreek to be the true number one in this offense. And Tyreek hasn't given us anything to make us think of otherwise, no matter how special Jalen Waddle is. And we are in on Jalen Waddle as the NFL wide receiver. Like, can I, do you agree with that? Like, we, we do oh, yeah. think he is the real deal. Like, he yeah. is going to be an absolute stud. But we're coming into an offense where he, Mike McDaniel is going to want to establish the run. He might not run as much as they did in San Francisco, but, he, you know, he's going to want to try and establish it throughout the season. And you have Tua. Tua could definitely, we saw, we saw some flashes. We know he could definitely take a step forward. But to predict him to be, you know, the Patrick Mahomes type this year, we just aren't. So we are out as current ADP a wide receiver 13. I don't think any of us will have Jalen Model on our team. But unless, that doesn't unless he mean, falls. Exactly. But that doesn't mean we don't love him as an NFL player. And I think that's something that we get so confused by, as we said that we always say the same thing with Nick Chubb. Great, terrific NFL player. If I'm drafting an NFL team, he is one of my first picks for fantasy situation does matter and he'll still be a solid asset this season. It's just, he's not going to take that next jump. Like we were hoping. No, I mean, it, it, it's capped now because of Tyreek yeah, and, and I, I really want to do some more research on this, but I, I really don't think a Shanahan type offense, if we want to call it that or a coordinator that's off of, you know, that's branched yeah. off of Shanahan. I really don't think that off like that system can support a wide receiver too. I mm-hmm. re, I I have to go look at data and stuff, but I really don't think it supports a wide receiver too. Because I mean, when you look at San Francisco, it's been George Kittle and Debo, right? Or it's been, um, like even if we go back to it, like Atlanta, right? When Shane was OC there, it was Julio Jones and Austin Hooper, right? So maybe it's going to be, maybe it is Tyreek and Waddle, but like there's a common, there's a common uh, tight end factor in there. Mm-hmm. So it it very well could be Gasecki for all that we know, right? Like yeah. it's just, it's almost impossible to predict who's going to be that number two, you know, option in that offense. Definitely. And it's not like I'm still predicting Waddle have a good year. 
89 catches on 130 targets, 1,000 yards, and seven touchdowns. It's just I don't think he's going to be the one to stretch the field when you have Tyreek Hill. No, That's it, what it, it comes it, down to. It's just efficiency of targets, red zone targets. I mean, we've got him. I mean, you and Lucas have him as a low-end wide receiver too, and I have him as a high-end flex, right? Mm-hmm. Like, to uh, like wide receiver 13 is borderline wide receiver one. Yeah. No thanks. But if he's there as like a low end wide receiver two, yeah, I could, I could probably be talked into that. Yeah, most definitely. And like for me, wide receiver 22 means there's a variance on it. You know, like it's from wide receiver 17, 18 to wide receiver 28. You know, if you took him anywhere in there, I'm not going to bat an eye. I'm not going to go, Oh, why would you take him in front of this guy? At that point, they're all that, you know, they're that close. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where that comes from. Um, now the running back room. Running back room has always been scary in San Francisco. So Mike McDaniel said, why not make it scary in Miami? <laughs> Brings in Chase Edmonds, Raheem Ostert, Sony Michelle. Ty, can you rank these three? We're going to assume health for all three, which is a big assumption for Raheem Mostert. I understand. Um, healthy. How are you ranking all three of these running backs in order? And give me like running back three attached to their name or running back four, running back five, or running back two, you know. I think hmm, I'm going to maybe go off on a little bit of a bold take. Maybe this could have been my hot take. I wonder if it's actually going to be a a bit of a uh, split backfield between Chase Edmonds and Sony Michelle. Ooh with Raheem Moster kind of taking that Tevin Coleman role a little bit of that kind of veteran guy that knows the system and stuff. And so Edmonds is the, yeah, we want to, we want to stretch it to the outside or we need, uh, we need a pass catcher in the backfield. Yeah. Chase Edmonds is that guy, but if we want to run it in between the tackles, yeah, we'll run it with Sony Michelle. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll go one, a one B Edmonds and Michelle RB two. Then is Mostert. I, is there value in those guys? Absolutely. But I think the only guy that you can feel safe with value is Edmonds just because of PPR upside. Yep. Most of Michelle really should not be touching your drafts. Would, would agree 100%. We all got Edmonds pretty much at RB30. You know, he's going to be a flex. You're going to get 10 points a week out of him. That's what it's going to be. Tua. Are you t- – we're not – we're not touching Tua in one QB leagues. Are you taking him in a two QB league? Or are you still hesitant on taking him there? I'm I would grab him, but I'm I'm hesitant with taking him. I need another I need another quarterback to feel okay about it. I'm not yeah. I don't I because I think we can say, you know, almost the same thing that we said about Jalen Waddle. Like there's talent there as a football player. But when it comes to being a a uh, productive fantasy option, I think Tua just falls a little bit short. For sure, for sure. And we'll just I'll just touch on Gasicki real quick. We're kind of out on him. The way the Mike McDaniel or the Shanahan offense works is they need a blocking tight end, which is not Gasicki. He had the most snaps in the slot as a tight end last year, and with just the amount of pass catchers, we just don't see him getting the touchdowns or the volume to really produce as a tight end one. And if we don't think you can be a tight end one, we really don't talk about you much because we're not playing in two tight end leagues. So I'll just leave it at that. And we can transition to the newly revamped New York Jets. Um, 
Man. The Jets traded up to grab Mr. Brees Hall in the second round. And there are a lot of people, Tyler, who are very concerned about how Michael Carter is going to cut into his work. Um, I have him at running back 19. You have him at RB25, and Lucas has him at RB22. How concerned are you about Michael Carter taking work from Brees Hall? I would be lying if I said that I wasn't concerned, but I think it this needs to be looked at as Brees Hall is going to be the early down goal line running back. Mm-hmm. Will he get receiving work? I think so. I think he absolutely can. Yeah, But I think the primary role that these guys will have is that Carter will be that pass catching option and Brees is going to be the goal line and early down guy. So I think there's value in both of those guys. It's just a matter of where you take them. Because I've seen people reach on Brees Hall because of the top 10 rookie running back upside that that has been the most trendy stat mm-hmm. in the past at least couple like two weeks. Shout out to Alex Caruso. I mean, it's, it's a great stat. It is a good stat, yes. It has caught fire, and now everyone is using it. Um. So I've seen people reach a little bit on Brees and I've seen people go all the way out on Michael Carter. Then I'm not that ready to be like, I'm completely in and completely out on those guys. I think there's value in both of them this year. For sure. I really do think Brees is going to have a great season. I just don't think he will get the PPR upside to break top 10. You know, I, I have him for 1100 yards and 10 touchdowns, but I just don't think, I think we could expect like Nick Chubb type receiving numbers from Brees Hall. Um, Zach Wilson last year did not throw to the running back. Even Michael Carter, who was a great receiving um, back for the other quarterbacks that came in. So I just don't know if I see that. Well, and I, and I know too, that Max has said in the past that Zach, Zach Wilson is the F at we ball kind of quarterback. So that does scare me too, a little bit about having Michael Carter, just because like I see, (laughs) This is going to sound really, really bad, but I promise it's not. I see a lot of Carson Wentz in Zach Wilson where Mm -hmm. he refuses to check the ball down when he probably should. And maybe that's just because he was a rookie last year and now he's kind of getting more and more comfortable and he realizes like, oh, I don't need to do too much with it. So again, I would be lying if I said I wasn't concerned. It'll be interesting to see how this all plays out this year. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I think I would be more in on giving Brees Hall closer to like a Najee type volume if they didn't go out and draft Garrett Wilson with the 11th overall pick. Now there's three wide receivers in this system. Now it's Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, and Corey Davis. The only two we expect to be even close to fantasy relevant are Garrett Wilson, and Elijah Moore. We all have Elijah Moore between 20. Oh, I guess I'm at 27. Tyler, you're at 30. Lucas is at 36. And then for Garrett Wilson, Lucas is at 42. You're at 49. I'm at 36. I'm a little higher on this Jets offense as a whole. Um, But if you're looking into this season, at their current values, Elijah Moore is going ahead of Garrett Wilson. Who are are you looking to grab, or who would be the better value to you, Elijah Moore or Garrett Wilson? Mm. Well, I think... 
I think I think it depends on how you're playing the season because I definitely see Garrett Wilson being the late season uh, bloomer or boomer a little bit mm-hmm. just because I don't think it's going to be just super easy for him to walk into the offense and start right away. Yeah. Um, I I and I think I at the same time I wouldn't be surprised if he does start, but I'm I I've just kind of adopted this mindset that it really shouldn't be just a guarantee that a rookie should just walk right into a starting position unless you're a quarterback and you went at number one overall, right? Mm -hmm. Like other than that, like I think Garrett Wilson, I I don't actually maybe rephrase it. I don't think the coaches will just throw Garrett Wilson in right away. I think they'll kind of ease him into it. And then he can be that late, late season, you know, boom that I think everyone would love to have on their team. For sure. So I think because of that, I lean Elijah Moore. Yeah, I I definitely lean Elijah Moore too. I think we kind of forget how good Elijah Moore was during that stretch week eight to thirteen when he was the wide receiver four. Um, the Duke can ball, and I think Garrett Wilson will have a very comparable season to a Devonta Smith last year, where he was fine, but you know he was like wide receiver thirty at the end of the season because he only had four touchdowns. Um, so I think he'll be all right, but I don't think he's going to be anything where you're like, yes, I'm glad I had him in redraft. Years to come with this offense develop me more, I definitely could see. I definitely think he's going to take over the wide receiver one role from Elijah Moore down the road. Or be the 1A, 1B kind of tandem. But I don't know if that happens quite yet. And the last guy is a guy who has been in the news recently. A guy who I was that's, high on. That's who we forgot to mention in the news. And that no is. <laughs> well, we'll talk about it now. Uh, Zach Wilson has blown up on Twitter. I have seen him photoshopped on Times Person of the Year. Um, little backstory. I, I'll dive into it. I don't usually get into this gossip, but I'll I'll go right into this because this is just a wild story. So his ex girlfriend started dating like his best friend from college, who plays for the Washington Commanders now. And he said something either to him or I don't know. It was, I don't know if it was public or private. And she got really upset about it and came out and started this rumor, which he, he claims isn't true, but the entire internet is hope is like jumping full on this that he slept with his mom's best friend. And it is just going around that he's got this dog in him. Lucas wrote it in the, or was that you? No, it was Ty wrote it in our doc that he's got the dog in him. Um, I had him at QB 15 before this. I don't know if that changes my ranking. Um, but I think my favorite line is this is the first time that the Jets have scored over 40 and it says 2018. Um, but yeah, I think that's all I'll say about Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's going to make or break this um, this offense. I, he's probably pretty close to Tua right now. I'm probably too high on him. And then the tight ends, aren't. I don't think either of them are going to be very valuable for fantasy if, since there's both of them. Um, <laughs> moving on to our last team, we'll just transition right through it. Um, I can't sit in that. Nope. Uh, our last team is the uh, New England Patriots, and they are led by another second-year quarterback, Mr. Mac Jones. Lucas is by far the lowest at quarterback twenty-five. Tyler, you're all the way up at quarterback fifteen, and I'm at quarterback nineteen. Explain the optimism this year on Mac Jones. I think this I think he takes a step forward this year. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest difference is like I guess between me and Lucas is, you know, what 
what do we expect out of this offense this year, right? And if you can you can safely predict that a Bill Belichick offense is going to start with the run and it'll stay with the run as long as it needs. I mean, we saw that last year against Buffalo where they literally threw the ball only three times and they ran it mm-hmm. the rest of the game, right? Like Bill Belichick will take whatever, you know, will do whatever it takes to win. Um, I I'm I think this is a bit of a, a bold take. But I, I just think the offense is going to shift over to more of a passing. Uh, I shouldn't say pass heavy. They'll put more emphasis on the on the passing game this year than in years past. And maybe that's just because like they're bringing in Bill O'Brien, right? Like, or no, no, no. Bill O'Brien's in Alabama. Who do they bring in? Joe Judge, didn't they? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember who they brought in. Oh no, they brought anyway. in someone who's really good. <laughs> See, like whoever the, whoever they brought in. I like when I read it and I saw it, I said, Oh, that is a pass. That is a passing coach that they're bringing in. Yes. So I, you know, would I feel comfortable taking Mac Jones as high as quarterback 15? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I just think I, I, I just think Mac Jones has more upside in fantasy this year than other than people want to admit. That's I, I definitely can't argue with that last season. The Patriots had a running back, and Damian Harris finishes RB14 on the back of, I think, 15 rushing touchdowns. And I think a lot of that, too, had to do with the fact that there were so many running back injuries to major names last year that he just continues to slide up. And that's why right now we have him closer to running back 30. And I think some of that does come from we expect more in the passing game this season. We expect Ramondre Stevenson to kind of take a small step up. Like, we're not expecting relevance from Ramondre Stevenson. Like, he has no standalone value. Um, But at running back 30, I think I kind of speak for all of us. We don't expect the touchdowns to stay the same. We don't expect 15 rushing touchdowns. If you bring him back down to 10 rushing touchdowns, he's right about where we got him at. Um, He's a great running back. He's another one of those guys who's a great NFL running back very efficient can score the touchdown uh, or score a touchdown, but just don't really see a ceiling with Damian Harris this season. I think that's kind of why we have him so low. Um, Then the next thing or next player we're talking about is Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry, we have him all around uh, tight end 13. Hunter Henry was another one of those guys that kind of banked on the touchdown last year, but I think I'm more in on Hunter Henry staying around his touchdowns um touchdown total from last year than I am Dawson Knox because there isn't a Stefan Diggs and a Gabe Davis and a Jamison Crowder in that offense. There aren't these guys who are going to be taking receiving touchdowns from him. So I think that's kind of why he stays the same. Um I'll let you chime in on a sec, but I want to jump to their wide receivers. Ty, is there any wide receiver that you feel confident in fantasy value on the Patriots this season? Oh yes, I do. Oh, that's Mr. Jacoby Myers. And uh, uh, Myers put up his best fantasy season last year, finishing as a wide receiver 30. And when you look at his numbers, it's one of the it's one of the the saddest things to look at because you're like, oh, we just add like two more touchdowns here and a couple yards here. And like he's a top 25 wide receiver like he finished last year. With 126 targets, 83 receptions, and this is where this is where he just didn't produce. He had 866 yards 
which like you hear and you're like, that's not that bad. But on 83 receptions, like you expect a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And then he only had two touchdowns. So the thing with Jacoby Myers is that his yards per catch went down last year. So he went from 13 to 12 to 10. Oof. And he only had two touchdowns. If he bring if he had his yards back up to, you know, let's say around 12 and we add on like two or three touchdowns, like I said, Jacoby Myers becomes a top 25 wide receiver. Mm-hmm. For sure. So to me, last year was Jacoby Myers kind of established or uh yeah, like his season to establish himself as the wide receiver one in New England. They did go out and trade for the next wide receiver that we'll talk about, I'm assuming, in Devontae Parker. And I think De- Devontae Parker and Hunter Henry do cap the touchdown production for Jacoby Myers this year. But Jacoby Myers is going to be that, like, get the, you know, when they're getting the ball downfield, they're going to be looking for Jacoby Myers. Yeah, I would agree. Devontae Parker, if you want to take a flyer on him in the last round, fine. But I wouldn't expect a lot from him. He's one of those guys that you could see week one. Is he going to be part of this offense or not? He's not going to like eh, kind of be, you know, he's not going to be like a fringe, like flex. He's either going to be in the offense and productive, or he's just out of the, like not really there. Um, And so for the last part, we're going to do a little win total. We're going to talk about the Vegas lines. And I just want to see what you're picking over under on these teams. So Buffalo Bills are at 11 and a half right now. Ooh, so Ty, are you taking the over on 11 and a half for the Buffalo Bills? Are you going under? I I will go over. I know that their schedule isn't necessarily the easiest to get over 11 and a half wins, but this team is really, really good. So I'll take the over. I am also going to take the over there. Um, our next team was the, wow, we'll go New England Patriots at eight and a half. Last year they had 10 wins. Are you over or under on the Patriots eight and eight and a half? I will also I will also go over on the eight and a half based mm-hmm. off of what I was saying about Mac Jones, but you know I just am not going to doubt a Bill Belichick uh, defense for sure. I'm going to take the under. I think they win eight games. Ooh, we also okay. have the Dolphins at eight and a half. Last season they were at nine wins after a crazy turnaround. Ty, do you think Mike McDaniels writes the ship and they get off to a hot start and stay on it? Or are you going under? I'm going to go under because I think Miami hits seven or eight wins. I am under two. I think they actually have a pretty productive offense, but I don't think their defense is really that great. I mean, Brian Flores was the defensive minded guy and they let him go. 100%. And why am I blanking on the final team? Jets. The Jets. Oh my gosh. New York Jets at five and a half wins last season. They were at four. What are you thinking here? I'm going to take the over and I think it's going to be like six or seven wins. Yes. I think it's going to be six. I think it's going to be barely over. It'll be barely over, but they made enough additions to make a difference from last year. Yeah. They really bulked up the offense and they got a defensive minded guy. I think it, I think it could work out there. Um, So yeah. And let's finish with, we have just a couple mailbag questions. And the, I'm going to rapid fire these ones here. Yeah. Um, they're all from the same person, Blake Chanel. <laughs> and I just want no explanation. Just give me the answer. Mike Evans or Keenan Allen? Mike Evans. I will always take Mike Evans. Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews? Mark Andrews. I'm taking Kelsey there. Uh, Justin Jefferson or um, 
Justin Jefferson or CMC? Oh, is there a is there a a, a pick spot with this at the third? Jefferson or CMC? I'm gonna go CMC. I know, like Jefferson's my guy, but like CMC when he's healthy is a completely different beast. I will also take CMC. Dalvin or Najee? Give me Dalvin. I will also take Dalvin. And the last one is three of them. We'll do a little keep trade cut to finish it out here. DeAndre Swift, Tyreek Hill, or Debo Samuel. It's tough because it's cross-positional. Yeah. I will be keeping DeAndre Swift. I will be trading Debo Samuel and cutting Tyreek Hill. I will be doing the same because I do think that right now you can actually get more for Depot than Tyreek, which if we said that last year, like if you said that a year ago today, you'd be like, what the heck is wrong with you? So just crazy how things change. Well, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellows. Um, make sure that you follow us on our socials. We are pushing 90,000 on TikTok. <laughs> we might actually hit it by the time that this, uh, no, by next week, we'll probably hit 90K. We're pushing a thousand subscribers on YouTube. We are just past 800. Um, we're pushing a thousand followers on Instagram. We're pushing, we just passed 900. And then we got our Twitter. And so you can <laughs> um, make sure to follow us. It is some variation of the fantasy football fellows or FFF fellows or something like that. Uh, just look at fantasy football fellows and you will find us. Um, as for me and Ty, uh, deuces. And we'll catch you next week. Deuces. Or next next episode. Almost. Almost good.